This weekend, as we continue our series that we've been working on from the book of 1 Thessalonians called Being in Christ, I felt God lead me to talk to you about excellent living. So this morning, I want to encourage you to pursue living with excellence in a way that really pleases God. As Paul writes to these new young Christians in Thessalonica, he encourages them to not stop growing in their newfound faith, who accept more to, so that they are raising their oxes of us to a slave in our creation, become stuck and stone into according to God. That's all that come consumed. We know please God undealt with. We just don't those. We just kind of keep letting those things slip into our lives from time to time. And when we slip back into some of those, those old sinful ways of living, God is faithful, and he comes, and by his Holy Spirit, he convicts, and we typically ask for his forgiveness, and then we do our best to, to turn away from those things for a period of time. But most of the time, we don't really deal with those things. In other words, we don't put them to death, as the Bible tells us. Put them alive. We don't stay dead to those things. And folks, that kind of living is not excellent kind of living. That kind of living does not please God. And that's exactly why Paul is writing to these, these new young Christians in Thessalonica. They, they had made so progress, and they were doing so very Paul as a proud spiritual daddy. He saw that they needed to excel still more. So as we begin, look at what Paul says in chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. He writes, brethren, we request and we exhort you in the Lord Jesus, as you have received from us instruction as to how you ought to please God, we request and exhort that you excel still. And then nine verses later, evidently this was important, he says the very same thing. In verse 10, he says, we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. And folks, I think that this scripture applies to us incredibly today. I think we all have at least one area in our lives where to really please God, we need to more, more, to become more excellent and more pleasing to him. Amen? I mean, can we be honest this morning? Amen? We need to excel in some area. We need to excel either doing some things more or by stopping some things completely to excel we need to do one of those two things jesus as your father is perfect jesus our savior and our lord who died for you and me is saying that we need to perfect our faith perfect our living Paul is following up on that with these new Christians in Thessalonica, and he's saying, we request of you, and we even exhort you to do the very same thing. But then Paul says in Philippians, he makes a confession. He says, say, or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working toward that day when I finally will be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. That means, folks, that we may not get it all right every single day, but we're to keep growing and reaching for excellent living, for excellent things 
We need and work towards all that he's created us to be. A great pastor, D.L. Moody, once said, the world has yet to see what God can do through one completely committed man. By the grace of God, I will be that man. Moody committed himself to excel spiritually, to be completely committed. And oh, how God used him. Now, the Thessalonian Christians struggled with many of the same issues we struggle with today. The issues were just the same. And in chapter 4, Paul dives right in to at least two of those issues. And so we want to do that this morning. So here's the first issue and also the first question. Write this down. Is God pleased with how you use your body? Wow, you didn't think that was coming up this morning. Is God pleased with how you use your body? You see, Bible our body just for spirit. They're a container, a temple for God's Holy Spirit to dwell within. So excellent living or living in a way that pleases God includes using the home for God's Holy Spirit, your body, in an excellent way. That means that when you are tempted to slip back into old ways of living and to use your body way not pleasing to God, that you need to deal with that temptation in a way that puts it down, that puts it to death, so that the next time that that temptation comes knocking on your door, that temptation is powerless because you become dead to it. You've moved on to living in a more excellent way with your body, a way that pleases God. Paul says this, be body and get my slave. Now, he's not talking about physically beating his body, punishing his body, but instead he's talking about disciplining his physical body. He says, I discipline my body. I make my body be my slave. I make it <laughs> obey me. One who has to do what I tell it to do. Instead of doing what my body wants to do, what my flesh wants to do, I make it do what I want to do. And that is to please my Savior and my Lord who died for me who has forgiven me, and who is preparing a place in heaven for me. That place that I don't deserve, but one that is reserved for me because I follow him. Amen? So Paul is saying, I'm not a follower of this world and its passions and its lusts. No, I have chosen to live in a excellent too. I want you to please your Lord. So the question this morning is, is God pleased with how you are using your body. Paul goes on and he writes to the Thessalonians in verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Now the word sanctification means to set your heart for, set as a holy vessel, an acceptable, pleasing vessel for God. That's his will for you and me. So one of the things that he commands you to depart from as you set yourself apart for him, is that you sanctify yourself from sexual immorality. Set yourself apart from that and apart unto him. So Paul wanted to make these new Christians who live that was overrun with sexual sin, that they knew that excellent living and living in a way that's pleasing to God meant that they needed to abstain from sexual immorality, sexual impurity. 
You see, whenever you look at something or whenever you do something that's sexually immoral or impure, you have just traded for mediocrity. Acting your Christian life every time. Every time you slip back, you move to mediocrity. And God says that he would rather have you hot or cold because if you are lukewarm, he says in the book of Revelation, if you are living mediocre, he will spit you out of his mouth. That's heavy. Listen, you don't see Starbucks offering lukewarm coffee. Amen? It's either hot or cold. That lid in your cup that got lukewarm is not pleasing. And to God, lukewarm believers are not pleasing to him. Paul then goes on and he says this. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. That is that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to possess his own vessel, his own body, in sanctification, not in lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. And that no man transgress and defraud his brother in the matter, this sexual immoral matter, because the Lord is the avenger in all these things, just as we also told you before and solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for the purpose of impurity, but in sanctification. So he who rejects this, this teaching, man, but the God who gives his Holy Spirit of temple, this body, set apart, sanctified for God. So the question is, what does God want you to do when it comes to your body? Three things, write this down. First of all, decide to keep your body sexually pure. Now, Thessalonica was a very immoral place. People there worshiped idols. And as a part of some of the idol worship, it included having sex with temple prostitutes. And having sex, okay? That was a part of their worship of idols. Adultery was rampant. Most men were committing adultery on a regular basis with a mistress, with a slave, with temple prostitutes. And so it is into that kind of culture that Paul, inspired by God, writes to these new young Christians living in this city, and he tells them to abstain from or to take no part in sexual immorality going on in that city. So Paul says this, this is the will of God. Your sanctification, setting yourself apart for God. That is that you abstain, that you stop, that you have no part in sexual immorality. This means no sexual wrongdoing. This means saying no to premarital sex, even if it's someone that you hope to marry. This means saying no to extramarital sex. No unfaithfulness to your spouse in thought or in deed. Saying no to homosexual sex. Check that out in 1 Timothy chapter 1. This means saying no to pornography, which leads to solo sex. Instead, say yes to God and excellent living and no to immoral sex. Now, I want you to understand this. Because sometimes churches get a bad rap. Sex is good. Amen? Nobody's smiling. No. <laughs> sex is good. 
Sex was created by our God. He thought it up. It was our God who thought it up and made it to be as pleasurable as it is. <laughs> sex is good in his eyes. And sometimes the church gets a bad rap. They're down on sex. No, <laughs> we're not down on sex. Say yes to sex inside the relationship of marriage with one man and one woman and enjoy it. Say yes to God's great plan for you, which is sex inside the marriage relationship. Say yes. Amen? <laughs> Say yes. All the guys are going, yeah. <laughs> Say yeah. <laughs> Next, write this down. Decide to make your body honor God. Paul says, each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that's holy and honorable. Right now, your physical body if you've invited Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord, is the home, the temple of God's Holy Spirit. So the question is, are you making God's Holy Spirit live in a dirty home? Are you making the Holy Spirit of God who has come into your life and washed you, regenerated you, and is making you ready for heaven, are you making him endure a filthy environment? Next question, do you offer to God a holy body or an unholy body in which to dwell? Now listen close. No matter what you have done in the past with your body, you can decide today to make your body from this point on Honor God, sanctified, set apart to be his holy temple. Next, decide to keep your body from hurting others. The truth is this, sexual immorality not only hurts you, it hurts others. Paul says this, in this matter of sexual immorality, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. You see, if you commit adultery, it doesn't just hurt you and your relationship with God. It hurts your spouse, your family, often your friends, the one you cheated with, and then it goes on to their family, on to their friends. It hurts others. If you have premarital sex, it hurts the future sex life and the sex lives of all that you've had sex with as they try to establish real intimacy in their marriage relationship. The sexual immorality in your life hurts everyone in your life, not just you. So what does Paul want us to do? What is God saying to us? Well, first of all, do not start crossing sexual boundaries. Do not start trespassing on another brother and his territory that's not your own on another sister's territory that's not your own. If you do, everyone will be hurt. So as we begin this morning, the, the big first question is, is God pleased with how you use your body? Next big question is this. Write it down. Is God pleased with how you tend to behave? You know, as Paul continues, he writes about three more things that all believers need to excel in. Paul then writes this. We urge you, brethren, to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, just as we commanded you, 
In other words, write this down. Decide to live a modest life. Now, Thessalonica was a party place. (laughs) People's lives were busy and fast, indulgent when it came to drinking and sex, pleasure-seeking in every way. This culture that Paul's writing into was over the top in most every way. Does that kind of sound like today? Some circles, a lot of places, fast, indulgent, pleasure-seeking, over the top. So Paul says to these new Christians, make it your ambition that the thing that you go after is to be a life that's quiet, or another word is modest. That doesn't mean you can't have fun. It doesn't mean you can laugh, can't laugh really loud. But live a life that honors God and seeks to do the will of God. In other words, live a life that's sane instead of insane. In short, we can just say, behave. <laughs> Any of you parents ever said that to your kids? <laughs> just behave. Lead a quiet, modest life, seeking to do God's will. Next, write this down. Decide not to meddle in others' lives. Paul writes, we urge you, brethren, to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business, (laughs) just as we commanded you. In other words, focus on making your life holy and pure and right with God by stopping meddling in other people's business. Sometimes, even as Christians, we try to, to get involved in people's lives to get them to behave when we need to make sure that we're behaving. So stop meddling in other people's business and take inventory of your business. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Once again, in short, Paul's saying, behave. Last, decide not to lead a lazy life. Paul says, we urge you to excel still more and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you. The bottom line is this. When it comes to not leading a lazy life, get out of bed, get dressed, and get to work. Whatever God has put on your plate, whatever God has called you to do, get out of bed, get dressed, and get to work. Paul says, we hear that some of you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy buddies. Folks, an idle, lazy Christian is a bad witness to the world. Just a bad witness. And if you are idle, you'll also be tempted to get into everybody else's business. Amen? (laughs) You sit around and start to figure out what somebody else ought to do. And so... Paul is saying, if anyone should excel at their work, it should be a Christian that excels. I mean, you've got God's blessing on your life. You've got God's help by the Holy Spirit in your life. So don't be lazy. Let the world see you live and work with excellence in everything you do. Be a good witness Behave with excellence. So I want to close with the big questions we've been talking about today. Is God pleased with your body and with how you tend to behave? 
two words, both start with B, body and behave. Take those home today. Maybe take them into your quiet time this week, tomorrow morning. Say, God, are you pleased with how I'm using my body and how I'm behaving? Jesus said about himself, I always do what pleases him. I always do what pleases the Father. That's what Jesus said. So the question is, are you ready to pursue living with excellence in a way that pleases God? Are you ready to move toward greater excellence in your life, especially when it comes to how you use your body and how you tend to behave? And I don't want you to go home misunderstanding. We're not talking about perfection. We're talking about pursuing a life of excellence in the Lord. Are you ready? Are you ready to pursue excellence in the Lord and really be pleasing to the Savior and Lord who died for you and has forgiven you and is preparing a place for you in heaven? Are you ready? Amen? If so, I want you to to pray with me today. This prayer that we're going to pray when we close. And then after we pray, let's get up and let's go out and let's go for it as Christians. Amen? Let's go for it. Let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Pray this prayer in your heart. Repeat it after me in your heart. Father, today I commit to you to begin excelling in pleasing you with my body and with my behavior. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.